Welcome to the Tradies in Business podcast with your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Divert your phone and grab a brew as Waz and Nick unpack tips, tales, secrets and stuff-ups from guests both inside and outside your trade, helping educate and inspire you to break the cycle of gut-busting and money stress and create a true trade business. I love a bit of DIY. How about you, Nick? I like a bit of craft. Mm-hmm. Not so much DIY. What is it you like about it? I like the feeling of accomplishment, I suppose. I like getting to the end of a project and being able to see what I've done, what I've created. I like saving money. Do you? <laughs> I think we all like saving money. Well, I'm the son of a builder. As the wife of a builder, I can do. I can say that we like to save money too. And I will admit to spending a lot of time over the years to save money. I've spent way too long fixing things that probably should have been sent to the repairer because I ended up not fixing them anyway and they probably failed in the end. <laughs> and then I had to pay more money to get someone to fix my fix. Whether that was my bookkeeping or my website or my motor vehicle, done a bit of my own mechanicals <laughs> over the years. <laughs> Real hesitation there. Oh, look, I've never had any major screw-ups, but um, yeah, I, I think I, well, I definitely inherited my dad's propensity to spend time saving money. So tell me how that actually saves you money. Well, you and I both know that it doesn't, right? Right. So, but even if we take it right back to the ground thought, spend time to save money. Well, it's it's this obsession with not spending money, I think. And mm-hmm. that's and that's I look at my old man, um he doesn't listen to the podcast. He actually probably wouldn't even know how to find it. He doesn't have a smartphone, so he can't. Uh <laughs> he doesn't have a phone, actually. Does Dad. he have a computer? There's one in the house, but he wouldn't know how to use it. It's Fair my mum's, mm-hmm. right? Mum emails me and sends me messages and stuff. Mum and I have a text relationship going on. Um, <laughs> I'm 73, so that's pretty cool. I think it's very cool. <clears throat> uh, but anyway, Dad would not spend money on anything if he could avoid it. Like, he would spend three days fixing something with Sikaflex and tech screws mm. Um, just so he didn't have to go and either buy a new one or pay someone else to do the job. Okay, so but let's not forget that your dad's from a time when things were – it was more economical to fix something than it was to outsource or replace. Yeah, he was a, you know, post-depression, um, as in the 30s mm. depression baby, uh, early 40s. So – and v- ultra-poor family, um, large family. Uh, so, yeah, that – he grew up with that whole thing of going without and not having any money. Mm. Um, and I guess that really just stuck with him his whole life. And I suppose there was a – like, he should have stopped doing that at some point. I suppose so. And and I guess that's a – we can evolve as the stuff around us evolves, but – is it That's a hard as, one to let go of. Is it the same as being a tight ass? Because I know some tight asses that don't need to do that, and I don't mm-hmm. know what their excuse is. <laughs> um, but I don't know. Is there a difference between 
being perpetually frugal and having that mindset and upbringing of, of, you know, don't have the money. So you just find ways to make do and make things work and fix stuff and, you know, go and scavenge at the dump. Not that you can do that anymore, but I mean, I remember as a kid going to the dump with dad and we'd take a trailer load of rubbish to the tip and come back with two. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, I posted on social media about a year ago helping mum and dad clean up their house because they'd been there for 40 years. And then we literally filled half a dozen six-meter skip bins of stuff that my dad had been hoarding and saving for a project mm. and recycling. And and it was all so he didn't need to spend money. That's right. And it cost thousands of dollars in skip bins to throw it all away because yes. he never actually bloody used it. Okay. So we've had the same situation with the builder when we moved – from one house to another, there were six bins. There was a lot of money we threw out of stuff that we saved for a rainy day. So I just think they're different motivations. I think the difference between somebody who's frugal and a tight ass is a different motivation behind why they're doing what they do. Yeah. But see, da- actually, yeah, because the old man spends where he used to. He's a bit crook now, but <clears throat> he used to spend a fair bit of money on their caravan and car and gadgets and all those sorts of things. Um I think he's he's bordering on tight ass. Like he just he buys cheap stuff, and I'm like, Dad, don't buy a cheap generator from China. No, it's gonna it's not gonna last you. Get a get a Honda. Like you'll have it for twenty years. Exactly. But he wants to save the money, right? Right. What's he saving for? Exactly. Mm-hmm. He just has a scarcity mm-hmm. mindset, and and I see this with tight asses, and I'm not going to name anybody. So if you're listening to this and you're feeling a bit hot under the collar and a bit sweaty... <laughs> it's probably you. Yes, I'm talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I will admit, I, I definitely had that mindset for a whole bunch of years. And uh, and I swung too far the other way, actually. Um, you know, a bunch of years ago in business, like quite a few years ago now, uh, you know, successful business, making good money. And I got, I got caught in the whole... Well, I've got to buy back my time. My time is more important. So I, I really got into the spending money to save time. I had a house cleaner and an ironing lady and I didn't wash my own cars and you know, I had a yard maintenance dude and I didn't spend my time doing anything that wasn't, you know, in inverted commas, valuable. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately, probably went a little too far the other way. Uh, and spent a whole lot of money on stuff that, I don't know, I had really nothing to show for it because then I didn't use my time as smartly as I should have. I actually got myself in a bit of strife financially as a result. Um, learned some good lessons from that. And uh, nowadays, yeah, I don't have an ironing lady or anything. I still, you know, I get my car serviced and I pay to have some of those things done. I pay someone to do my bass and I pay my accountant and I outsource or delegate a lot of the things that aren't the best use of my time mm. but I think I'm a little more judicious with how I do that uh. yeah okay so I was in the same position as you we had somebody to do everything essentially well not everything but most of the things mm. um I still cooked I wish I really always wanted an Alice didn't we all want an, an Alice, Alice? yeah Alice? from the Brady Bunch no she was the housekeeper, but she oh. was the cook oh, and the yeah. cleaner and the babysitter. I really wanted an Alice. Anyway, I didn't have an Alice, but... It'd be great, but oh. we can't afford that in Australia. No, we can't. And I, I couldn't afford all the things that we had either. It was much the same. Mm. But I couldn't afford to give up the time that I was spending in the business. 
but I got it ass about. Mm. So I should have been spending more money on buying some time from the business. So, yep, I had someone to help me with the paperwork, but I needed somebody in admin. I had somebody mm. to help me do the carpentry on site, but I really needed a site supervisor. So I wasn't really prioritizing where I was buying that time back from. Mm. Yeah, it's a like most of these things, it's a fine line and there's a pendulum and it swings uh, and sometimes it swings too far the other way. I, I, I think there's a difference between being a tight ass and being frugal. That's, that's what I'm going to go with, right? I agree. I think it's motivation. Yeah, I, I think being a tight ass is just, it's more akin to being miserable with your money. And I think it is having that scarcity mindset. Mm. Um, if I think about some of the people that I know that are tight asses, some of them are proud mm. to be tight asses. Well, they say they are. Um, <laughs> but uh, there's there's a listener that I've done some work with uh, over the years who shared a little lesson with me recently that he had. And he he um, is pretty well known as a tight ass. Uh, and he used to be very proud of it and, you know, make jokes about it. And always chasing a deal, always screwing people for a better price, always trying to get a bit more for the money, um, resented paying people for stuff and to do things. And I I think it catches up with you eventually. So I've got to wonder how much negativity that brings into your life that you don't need. Absolutely. And that was his big lesson was he sort of had this epiphany that by being that person, guess what he was getting back from the from the universe, right? <laughs> yeah, hello, yeah. Everyone was screwing him in his trade business for a deal and of people course. were asking about price and can't you do it cheaper and, you know, just questioning everything. Mm. And he actually said when he, when he dropped the whole tight-ass thing and went, oh, yeah, I'm being a tight-ass. Now, it, he's definitely not reckless with his money. He's still careful and considerate with his money Mm. Um, but he just he shifted his mindset a bit and he said it was amazing he actually stopped getting hammered on price in his business so much (laughs) and people stopped querying his uh, estimates and those sorts of things so how did he change his mindset like that doesn't sound like an easy thing to do uh it happened quickly but i think like the execution of it was pretty quick Mm. but you know it's the old takes a lifetime to become an overnight success. Yes. Um, I think, you know, it was probably building up to that point over a bunch of years. I know I'd been nagging him about it when we were working together and, and ribbing him about it every time I saw him. Um, but I think, yeah, he just, he had that realisation. He sort of got sick of people pestering him about price. And I think, you know, the dots connected and the light bulb went on and it was like, oh, I wonder if I'm sort of attracting this. Um, and he reads a lot and does a lot of personal development and and uh, has reasonable level of self-awareness, for a tradie at least. <laughs> but yeah, I think he just joined the dots. I went, oh, I wonder if that's part of the problem. So in that case, how do you think that we find the right place to spend our money? I, I am learning because I'm always learning. <laughs> Even at my age, it's like, oh, man, I'm still learning. Oh, so you're so old, Warwick. Uh, Yeah, well, I just mean I'm not 21 (laughs) anymore. Um, But I I think it comes down to values. If we we go back to looking at our values, and that's certainly what I've done in the last few years, you know, Mm -hmm. I had a bit of capitulation in my life in the last few years. Just a little bit. Yeah, tiny, tiny, tiny bit. Um, But, you know, I just – I recently dropped uh, 1,600 bucks on airfares so that I could – uh, fly my daughter home, well, what I call home. She doesn't live with me anymore. Um, 
but so I could fly to another state of Australia, retrieve my seven-year-old, bring her back to my place, spend 10 days with her and my wife, um, who is not my daughter's mother, for anybody who's not up with that story, <laughs> and then um, turn around and fly her back to the state where she lives with her, her biological mother. Um, and, you know, that's a, that's a lot of money for myself and my wife. Um, I think it's a lot of money for most people, but it's a good spend. For a that's, couple of airfares, you know. It's, it just makes sense. And it's just something that needs to be done because that's where my values lie, mm. right? I mean, I, I just I just literally, well, my wife kind of bought me a new motorbike, but, you know, <laughs> we're doing it through finance and through the business and doing it all smart. But, you know, I just went and spent a whole lot of money on a, on a beautiful bike, because um, that's really important to me. It's a it's a part of my life. I'm passionate about it. You know, it helps us get away on weekends and stuff and go do some adventuring. Um, but you know, when we go to the the butcher, for example, we buy a, a hind quarter or a whole side because we get it for ten bucks a kilo instead of twenty. And I'll spend a whole day on a Sunday packing all that meat and freezing it down and turning the fat into, you know tallow for cooking and making bone broth and jerky and all sorts of stuff to save money, mm. right? Because then I can use that money to pay for airfares to spend time with my kid or go on a motorcycle adventure one weekend. Okay, but let's also not forget the thing that we didn't touch on there. You actually enjoy doing that. Oh, look, if you said, what would I rather be doing? I'd rather oh, be course. on my motorbike, right? Of course, but <clears> um, you don't hate it. I, I, you don't resent it. I don't resent it, um, but I, I don't know. I don't resent anything in life. Oh, Ironing. I hate ironing. Why do you do it? Because I refuse to pay someone 20 bucks an hour to iron my T-shirts. Why do you need to iron? Because I hate wrinkly shirts. <laughs> you know that I was always going to agree with you anyway because I'm a, a fellow ironer. Yeah, but it's a value of mine, right? It's important yes, to me. that's right. right. So that's important to me, so that's something that I'll take care of. Correct. Um, you know, if, you, if, if I flip this into a business sense, I see so many people doing their own book work, right? And honestly... I'm yet to see a tradie or a tradie wife who makes a good bookkeeper, like a good proper first-class bookkeeper. There's probably a couple out there. I'm not Mm. saying there's none, right? But for me, in my travels in 10 years, I could count on one hand in 10 years the number of people who are actually good at doing their books properly Mm. that – you know, is is a smarter move than paying 50 bucks an hour to a bookkeeper who nine times out of 10 can do it twice as fast and twice as accurate as you. And then guess what you can do with the four or five hours a week or month or whatever that you dick around with your books? You could do another job. You could follow up some quotes. You could spend it with your kids. Yeah. You could go on a motorbike ride or go to the gym and stop using bullshit excuses about, I don't have time. I don't have time to work out. I don't have time to eat healthy. I don't have time to read books, was. That's bullshit. It's because you're doing the thing my dad's done his whole life. He never has fucking time because he's always spending time to save money. There you go. I I finally got to the chestnut. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Took 16 minutes, but we got there. Should we go back and delete the first 10 minutes of that? (laughs) But it is. It's, It's... And I did the same for years. I spent so much time doing shit to save money mm. and then moaning about the fact that I didn't have time to do stuff that I wanted to do. So I think for me, really, I can boil it down to some really simple 
ground rules, I suppose. Anything that I don't like or resent doing, I tend to find a way to outsource. Now, there are times when financially that's not viable no. for me. So, no. I've got children. <laughs> My kids have learnt to iron. <laughs> they mow the lawn. But do you know what I mean? Like, like there are ways in which you can, if you, if you, financially you can't afford to outsource that, mm. you can still do it in ways that make more sense. Mm. So, for me, some of those things are sharing them with the family, okay? I, I can't, I have to have that time to do that task, but I can involve my family in that task. So, that's only for a small period of time until I can afford to have outsource that. Mm-hmm. Because in outsourcing that, A, I get time with the children or with the husband or with the extended family and friends. And it's usually done far better than I can do it because I don't like doing it anyway. Mm. So, for me, it's about finding the things I don't like to do. Generally, the things I don't like to do, I'm not good at doing anyway because I don't like doing them. So, I don't give them mm. 100% of what I can give mm. and outsourcing those. Yeah. And and I I don't know. It's a bloody – it's a national sport being a tight ass, especially for tradies. The number of tradies who are proud to – well, actually, I don't know if they are proud. They say they are proud to be a tight ass and – you know what? You get what you give. If you're a tight ass and you're pinching pennies and being miserable about paying to get things done, you're going to get that back from people around you, whether that's family or clients or staff, mm. right, who, who bitch and moan about, you know, how much they're getting paid and everything. It's like, you know what? You're attracting that. Mm. So, I, I I think it's about making a choice, right? So, I think this happens... Because most tradies, not all, most, a large majority, come from families where the father was a tradie. Yeah. So, they've learnt, you know, most of our fathers at one point or time had a very hard time with money. You know, there were some recessions, there were some, mm-hmm. you know, the 80s were particularly bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, our, our parents learnt, like you're speaking about with your father, to be quite tight with mm. their money. Yep. That's something that was modeled to us, so it's a behavior that we've learned, so it's a behavior that we pattern. Mm-hmm. However, we need to stop and make some choices about how we choose to behave yep. once we're aware of those patterns. Yep. And look, I'm not saying be lavish with your money because um, as I shared with my example, you know, mm. it can go too far the other way. Um, and, you know, I spend what a lot of people would consider to be a shitload of money on some things, but they're mm. important to me. That's right. You know, like even in my business, you know, I'm, I've got a $2,500 computer here sitting on the desk. I can justify that by saying it's a business tool, but it's important to me to have something that works well, looks good, you know, um, I use it for video, all that sort of stuff. But, you know, I'm sitting here with no shoes on in a pair of shorts <laughs> And a five dollar T shirt. Seriously. No, I'm giggling because I know it's true. And, and the, <laughs> the, the it doesn't op- matter. Right? It doesn't. But the opposite is reverse it in in the Brisbane studio, <laughs> where we have a you know an eight hundred dollar laptop that's functional and does the job that I need it to do, and I don't think about it because I don't place a lot of value on that. Yeah. But yeah. I might spend a lot of extra money on I don't know something else. I you can't think nice of anything right now. I do have nice candles. And, and not- beautiful soft furnishings. I do have nice soft furnishings. <laughs> it's funny when I go to your places, you're like, it's all, you know, beautiful like designer stuff because, you know, <laughs> that's you, the builder's wife. And you come to my joint and like, I've got a fancy computer but, yeah, the rest of the stuff here is pretty basic. I don't know. I reckon it's pretty fancy. I'm building my own desk. 
That's super fancy. <laughs> but I did that to save money, and it's actually ended up costing me more than if I'd just gone to Officeworks. Isn't that the truth? Uh-huh. Mm. And the amount of time I've put into that desk to save money, it's crazy. Yes, but you'll appreciate it. And I didn't we, did you really do it to save money? No. No. No, I did it because I, you know, I love making things. To. and yeah. yeah. But, and... Bit and bit, bit, bit. I'll get it out in a second. Um, I think it comes back to the values. You ask that question. You know, how do you how do you make that decision? How do I make that decision? Mm. It's about values for me. So each person is different, right? Um, and I I do get this a lot from people. Oh, but bookkeepers are bloody expensive. It's like compared to what? Yeah, that's a good you know? question. Um, oh, you know, I don't know what else you could use the example for admin. Oh, it's expensive. Getting your phone answered by a professional phone answering service. Oh, that's expensive. SMS marketing, that's expensive. Compared to what? Compared to doing it yourself? Compared to not doing it at all? Okay, so does this conversation really come back to not valuing our own time? Does it come back to the fact that most tradies haven't come up with a dollar figure of what they're actually worth per hour? I, I think you're right. Uh because when, when you do that exercise with people of, okay, how many hours a week do you work? How much do you take home from the business? Mm-hmm. Divide the dollar figure by the hours and then sit down because it's usually <laughs> a really shit number. Here's your $5 an hour. It's, and it's, sometimes it's that bad. Actually, mm. sometimes it's worse. Yes. And so if you only value your time at 5 or 10 bucks an hour, um, of course you're going to try and do your own books because you're thinking, well, I can do it for $10 an hour. That's right. Bookkeeper's 50 an hour. Yeah. But but that's the thing. It's the trade-off, right? I, I think, for me, the big problem or, or the symptom is I don't have enough time. I don't have time to train, read, get better, eat healthy, spend time with the kids. I don't have time to meditate. I don't have time to walk the dog. I don't have time, right? I don't have time to work on my marketing or post on social media because I'm busy. And it's busy doing what? Busy being productive and selective about where you spend your time or are you busy kidding yourself that you're saving money for the business by doing your own invoicing and books and servicing your own fleet of vehicles and doing stuff that is just a fucking waste of your time seriously so i really want to inject some angel singing here because that was a really nice monologue of what's going wrong and the angels would be a nice little touch to the end of that but it's (laughs) it's right isn't it you know we do spend so much time and i say do and we because so many of us do it we waste time trying to save money and it's not saving us money. In fact, I, I can't tell money. you how many times with the people that we work with that we've found people that have lost money by doing their own book work because they didn't understand what they were doing. Yep. So is it worth it? No. Nah. You do something simple that you don't realize you're doing it wrong and, you know, you cost yourself a thousand bucks or worse still, then you've got to pay your accountant to fix it up at the end of the year. <laughs> Because you did your own bookkeeping, they're like, yeah, no, we had to fix all these entries up because they were shit. Double whammy. And you're paying them 200 bucks an hour, mm-hmm. not 50. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's, yeah, a bit of false economy, tight-ass behavior. I don't know what the right name for it is, but um, I know I had some big lessons around this in the last few years. I mean, mm. basically, I lost my marriage, my house, my daughter, um, almost lost my health and my business mm. in the process. And it wasn't all just from being a tight ass, but it was just having the focus on the wrong things and not being clear on my values. And, you know, at 24 minutes in, I think I've finally figured out Here's the real what chestnut. the issue is, right? Mm-hmm. Is we're not honest with ourselves about what's important to us. Mm. And, and 
I kidded myself for years about what my values were. And I've spent tens of thousands of dollars on personal development and coaching. I've been coached by some of the top coaches in the world. I know all this shit, right? Mm. And I just, I duped myself into believing a different set of values was where it was at. And a lot of it was because I thought that's how I needed to be in business. That's a big chestnut, but you're absolutely right. And so it cost me everything, right? Um, but it's such a cool lesson to have because now I, I'll hand over the credit card and pay thousands of dollars for stuff and feel absolutely at peace with it. And then in other areas, I won't spend a penny because it's just not its not important to me. No. Right? So, I, there, there was someone at the gym, sorry. Mm. Someone at the gym the other night, um, she said that she spends $200 a month on buying coffees Holy moly! at cafes because she doesn't make them at home. So she'll buy a coffee every day, 200 bucks a month. And that's like if she had my coffee habit, she'd be screwed. <laughs> <laughs> How many are we up to today? Seven? Mm, a couple. <laughs> so, uh, you know, for me, it's like I used to, I used to be that person, hey? But I figured out that having coffee at a cafe, just like it wasn't adding anything to my life. No, it doesn't. Um, I can't see how it adds anything to your life, really. Well, you know, it's a nice experience. There might be times when it's lovely to catch up with some friends or, you know, I but can see how at times. In the hierarchy of experiences, it was pretty low down the list. Mm, I agree. I Recently, the builders started doing something a little bit different. Well, different mm. for him anyway, given that we've learnt some of the same lessons you have in recent times. Mm. And he started spending money to save money. Now, that sounds like a really odd concept. How do you do that? Okay. So, let's say, for example, you've seen our garden. We've got hedges everywhere. Mm. Yes. We've got a big <laughs> hedge. <laughs> and these hedges are all high and wide and uh-huh complex to cut. So we were paying, I don't know, maybe 300 bucks for somebody to come in and cut them every few months. What did he do? Round up the whole thing? No, that would have been a good idea. <laughs> much easier. Box of matches and a can of petrol? He spent, I think it was about 80 bucks, he found one second hand, to buy this gadget that you stick on the end of the whippersnipper to uh, use as a hedge cutter. Yeah. So we've got a normal hedge cutter, but it's too heavy for him anymore with his shoulder injury. Mm. So now this one with the whippersnipper is really long and tall and it goes up high and you can bend it here and you bend it there. The first time we used it, we saved, what's that, 220 bucks? In one so, time. So we spent a bit of money and we saved a bunch more. And maybe that's maybe that's the thing, right? Is doing it yourself is I'm not saying that's the wrong strategy. Um to go back to cutting the hedge yourself for the pair of shears yes. to save the money would have been that's what my dad would have done, right? Right, right. Because he wouldn't spend the money on the angly head attachment thing for the whippersnipper exactly. either. Exactly. So it's that tight ass scarcity, must save money at all costs, um, pun intended, <laughs> mentality versus the whole, well, I'm spending 200 a month on coffee. If I go and spend $200 on or $250 on a decent coffee machine exactly. at home and buy coffee beans, I could have twice as many coffees for half as much money. Mm. And it's not that big a deal to make a coffee. 
So can't you flip it into the business sense and say the same thing, right? So you're spending that money on your book work, but you're actually saving that money in the time that you're spending in the mistakes you're no longer making. And the accountant, right? So, Mm -hmm. you know, instead of... And if you don't think this is happening, I can tell you that if you're doing (laughs) your own books, ask your accountant to itemize your bill and tell you how many hours they paid their staff and therefore charged you to fix up your shit bookkeeping. Absolutely, but it's not just bookkeeping. It's stuff like SEO or it's stuff like copywriting for the website or even your Facebook or social media advertising. All of that stuff can be outsourced at a small cost. Even employment contracts and those sorts of things, you might not think that it's a... That it's a risk and you're saving thousands by not using a HR person or, you know, a previous guest we've had on the show. Mm. Um, you can buy the damn things from Officeworks That's for 150 right. bucks. <laughs> but if you're too much of a tight ass to do that and you copy and paste one from Google and use that as your employment contract, like there may come a day, and I've got a client going through this right now, mm. you're fucked. Absolutely. Like, they will go to fair work and you're in deep shit. Yes, and though, yeah. And so. that will cost you tens of thousands of dollars, all because you were too tight to spend 500 bucks at Officeworks and buy a bunch of employment contracts. So, how much are you really saving by doing it yourself? That's right. And, and that's the thing, right? You've got to ask that question. If you if you know you're a tight ass, <laughs> I reckon at least half of our <laughs> listeners would be tight asses if they're still listening at this point. Um, ask yourself. How much might this cost you if if you can entertain the idea that maybe you're not the best person to be doing that job in your yeah. business right now? Yeah. Whether it's book work or writing contracts or designing your business cards on Canva or something, like seriously, stop it. You're yes. Not, you're not saving money. You're wasting money and time. Mm. Uh, yeah, just stop it. Go buy a motorbike instead. <laughs> Don't buy a motorbike. <laughs> I don't want to a motorbike. Well, buy something else. Buy some more soft furnishings. Mm. Yeah, throw rugs and some cushions. <laughs> throw rugs are expensive. They are. So are floor rugs. That's why I don't have any. <laughs> there well, is a throw rug out there. Where? I don't see. On the poof. There's <laughs> no poofs in my house. <laughs> no, see, that was that was knitted for Amy by a relative. It's very so nice. we got it for free. Well, it's even better. <laughs> yeah. I get my mum to do all my sewing for me. Because I, I, I don't um, have to spend money. My limit is putting buttons on. Mm. It's not I my can, thing. I sew my own buttons. I can do buttons. I can add a patch to a very messy hem. Mm. But I don't like it. Anyway, that was that was a very long-winded dissection of tight arsery. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and is it actually a good thing? I, I think too many people are too proud to call themselves a tight ass. I, I think it's stupid. Yeah. I think I think it's a dumb idea and you might not lose everything like me and you don't have to. Um, maybe you'll get away with it for the rest of your life, but I think you're missing out big time and Bef- I think your family is too. And I was about to just raise a really quick point before we go. There are some significant people in my life who have difficult relationships with people close to them because they're tight asses. Now, you know... I guess what I'm trying to say is you really need to think about how it's impacting your family. So in this case, um, the relationships are impacted to the point where there's some major fracturing in those relationships and they're no longer talking. And a lot of that comes around from being a tight ass and and not feeling generous in any form. (sighs) 
Oh, I, could, I could go on for another 15 minutes about my <laughs> old man, hey? Well, see, that's, I think that's the same point I'm trying to make. Yeah. When you are generous in your wallet, and I don't mean splashing it around everywhere, but when you're happy no. to be generous, you are generally more generous in your heart and what you give. So you really, I just encourage you to have a look at where you're being a tight ass and why. Mm. And and I've seen this in operation in the world with clients, not just with me. You get, you get what you give. Yes. If you give tight assery to people, you'll get tight assery back. <laughs> uh, so yeah, just just have a think about it, mm. please, please, mm. and send all of your uh, fabulous donations and gifts to the traders <laughs> and business team to PO box. No. Um, just pop by the group. Come see us, Tradies and Business and Facebook, and tell us what you think. Are you fess a tight up. ass? Fess up. Yeah. Come and fess up. Tell us if you're a tight ass. Mm. Or do you know a tight ass? <laughs> or we should make Dob in a tight ass day. That could be fun. <laughs> as long as they don't find out, they might get a bit shocked. Dob in a tight ass. Go on. Go to Tradies <laughs> and Business on Facebook. Do it. I'll support you. <laughs> we'll see you there. All right. You've been listening to the Tradies and Business podcast with Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Find out more about today's guest, tools for your trade business and other cool stuff at tradiesandbusiness.com.au.